Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome in to Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my co-host, who is another year older, Mozzie. Ah, oh, man. Yeah. I, I That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, how are you doing? How was, how was the birthday? Yeah, it was good. I mostly did football stuff. <laughs> it was great. Did a lot of football stuff. Nice. Did so- some drafts. You're on a rooftop. There's lots of uh, oh. air, like breeze coming through. It was nice. Nice. So, what portion of your life have you been watching football and then subsequently playing fantasy football? Um, fantasy, I haven't played for nearly as long. I would say I think 2013 was my first year um, for fantasy, which I mean, now that I mentioned that is eight, <laughs> eight years, but that didn't seem that far away when I first said it. Uh, <laughs> watching football, I mean, I watched when I was a kid, and then kind of we moved and then i didn't watch it as much and then i found ways to watch it during like i want to say middle school was when i really started to actually watch it but not like you know to a strong extent but actually you know i actually did watch it a little bit and then high school i played football and then started watching too because i didn't know what i was doing (laughs) yeah i was like thinking back through i'm like my first one like my first league was back in like oh seven i think so I'm a, I'm getting close to half my life, I having played fantasy football. I oh like my goodness! About, yeah, I like to think about uh like in chunks. So after this season, and then it'll be this. I'll be going into my fifteenth season, I think, something like that. Yeah. So that explains why you're so much better than I am. <laughs> oh, oh shucks. Yeah, I say I I, I I think I'm pretty much at half my life. Yeah, doing it because I was thirteen. Yeah. Well, you know, life is all about balance. So we uh, like to make sure exactly half of our lives are, uh, you know, related to football. <laughs> and the other half is related to all the other things. And then you have everything else in life. Yeah. Yeah. Not that other is much else to it, but. Exactly half. <laughs> but um, so speaking of the football portions of our lives, we've got a lot of news to hit you with. And then our bold predictions, which is kind of the theme of the episode. But before we get to those, we've got some sad injury news and some cuts to go over. So sadly, J.K. Dobbins uh, tore his ACL. It seems that Washington has a knack for destroying knees. And um, very sad for Dobby and the Ravens. Um, very sad for uh, the fact that I have him on every in every league <laughs> so far. Damn. But um, this does vault Gus Edwards up quite a lot. Um I mean, and obviously, you know, PPR it kind of takes a hit, but he's going to get a lot of touches, and it's a good offense. Like, I think the number two is going to actually be uh, Tyson Williams is what it sounds like over Justice Hill, but mm-hmm. Gus as the 1A, as the number one with Tyson backing up, is a lot more touches than Dobbins would have gotten with Gus as his backup. So, like, Gus is in line for a good amount of touches in a good offense. Like, yeah, I think, like, 11, 1,200 yards and, like, 10 touchdowns is a 
pretty reasonable projection and he's like i mean definitely puts him in top 20 running back range for sure yeah i we had so much hope for dobbins second year like learning the offense him mm-hmm. and acres both yeah just second year running backs we were really stoked for and they just uh their whole season was cut short which stinks yeah it's a bummer but man the ravens have gotten some bad injury start because bateman now dobbins i mean it's gonna be the lamar and mandrews show to start <laughs> yeah definitely and, right. and and edwards but yeah, yeah the, gu- those, the gus yeah. bus is gonna have a lot of passengers that the gus this bus. year <laughs> did you see he has like a bus chain it's great oh that's awesome yeah i love that he's uh embraced the nickname and i love Gus that bus. it's a bench warmers reference that makes it even better all aboard the ghost bus so choo, yeah choo. i would honestly like i'm thinking about like where running backs would take him around i would take him over daryl henderson personally um i would as well yeah um where, I would where's take, henderson at uh let me look i would take him over mike davis okay i think i would too um let's see I would take him over. Who else would I take him over? Okay, I think, honestly, okay, good one. Gus or James Robinson, now that ETN is out. I would take Gus. Yeah, that I had that very distinct decision to make, and I was oh, like, you know really? what? I trust one offense way more than the other. Mm-hmm. That, that's a really close one. <clears throat> yeah, I, th- I think the offense would be the dictator, but that one's super close for me. I mean, least. with the Ravens, like just in terms of like pro versus con, you I like, <laughs> I have in Gus Edwards versus James Robinson on Gus Edwards' side, I have great head coach, always puts a good team together, consistent offense, and players don't hate their head coach. To him, as another one there, and then unfortunately with James Robinson, my my cons list would be players hate their coach, and. <laughs> This team might stink this year. Yeah, <laughs> I will say I think I think at a full PPR, I might I might give it to James Robinson. But yeah, the I do want to go back to that because like we 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 tried to hold off on the Urban Meyer hate. Like we, we tried, and, but like so like when when you when you give Minshew like half the first team snaps and then trade him for a pretty minuscule amount, I think um, right what like. <laughs> And apparently the players don't like him, which I th- I think he's trying too hard to be like a college coach still. Like you're not a college coach, you're a professional coach now. Yeah, I was just listening to something where he had like a guy in the in like the no, PA box during the game, like during practice, and he'd be like, you know, 15 minutes we're doing this, and like 20 minutes we're doing this, like up in the like the stadium PA box as they practice and like. That's that's a college thing. That is not a NFL thing. Yeah, Players a lot not... of <laughs> yeah, a lot of like college coaches don't like get like don't like realize. Hey, like I'm dealing with like grown ass men, not like quote unquote college kids. You're still adults, but you're dealing with like professionals. So like you can't just treat them like you know the people you treat. You can't treat them like college athletes. They're professional right. athletes. Professionals yeah. with contracts and all of that. Yeah, it's it's a it is a business. So you've got to treat it like that. So, and that was ultimately why when I had that decision yeah, to make in a draft, I went with Gus Edwards. I was just like, I just trust this offense and uh, this whole organization more. Yeah, that's that's very fair. Um, what about so we we said over Daryl Henderson? What about Josh Jacobs? I also 
Yeah, as much as I hate it, I think the Raiders are going to struggle this year. We said over Mike Davis. Um, Mm -hmm. What about Miles Sanders? Not Sanders. Yeah, I think I still take Sanders. Sanders I still take. Uh, What about... Uh, this will be my last. Actually, two more. Uh, Damian Harris, very similar kind of guy, I think. Um, well, this one is really difficult because trying to pick a Patriots backfield guy is <laughs> so frustrating, as many of you know. Um, I would say Damian Harris is definitely like should be the guy, but I think in I I would probably still take Gus. Yeah, because Gus is gonna get like cut to the goal line by Lamar. And Damian Harris will probably get cucked by, like, Ramondre Stevenson or something. Yeah, you've got Ramondre, you have James White, um, you have J.J. Taylor that people like a lot, too. Yeah, Th- that's, a, that's a pretty close one for me, mostly because they're, like, the same dude <laughs> in the sense of, yeah. like, how they get their points. And then my last one for you is Gus Edwards or Javante Williams? Ooh, I would <laughs> I would take Gus Edwards. Oh, yeah. okay, I thought you were going to leave Javante because I know you're a big Javante fan. I, I definitely am, but I would still take Gus there. Yeah, the 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 team being really good is is like you don't realize it until like you go through and try to tie break guys and you're like, wow, like I really value him being on like one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. So like from that, we, that would put him. We probably have him around like RB, like eighteen twenty range. So we're saying yeah, t- Gus Edwards was putting at top twenty running back. Yeah. The interesting thing though that I would, if you took Javante, I wouldn't be upset mm-hmm. because. I will give you that Javante's division is a lot easier to run on than Gus's. Um, trying to run on the Steelers and trying to run on the Browns is not as easy as trying to run on uh, both of the Chiefs and the Raiders at the yeah, moment. Raiders. Yeah, albeit Cincinnati is an easy matchup in that sense too. Um, Definitely. But uh, so yeah, so with James Robinson, who I said ETN is now hurt as well. I don't know if he's out for the four years, out for a while, but more or less the whole year um who etn yeah yeah he can't come back this year gotcha yeah i are activated him before the season starts so he can't uh, come back during the season now damn so big rip there i was really excited about him for ppr purposes like i was really into him um so that obviously involves jay robinson back up we talked about him and gus um as far as the other guys we mentioned i assume you still have sanders over him but as far as like Henderson, Jacobs, Mike Davis, uh, Damian Harris. Where do you have James Robinson related to all those guys? Uh, I, I do have him behind Sanders. I probably have him ahead of Damian Harris personally at the moment, just a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have him above Mike Davis. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, the thing is, like we saw, we like, we just saw James Robinson do it last year on an equally bad team and so like i'm not as scared about like the, i'm not as scared about like the whole like bad team thing just because like oh he just did it right so and like i mean i, th- I mean the offense should be better because it's trevor lawrence it should be yeah. <laughs> it should be a better offense mm-hmm. it's just gonna be really annoying when uh, carlos hyde comes in and gets a touchdown because <sighs> yeah. urban meyer loves him some carlos hyde from their osu days i'm sure i'm mm-hmm. sure and then uh, T.Y., uh, what is, is hurt for now. Um, they said, I think they I think they said undisclosed. I don't know if they've come up with more on what it is yet. But he's going to miss the start of the year. He might. Man, I'm sad. It sounds like, it seems like T.Y.'s career is kind of just like deteriorating. Oh, he has a disc issue in his neck. Oh, uh, damn. 
definitely want to get that fixed yeah that sucks that that could i mean that not like saying it is but like that type of thing is something that's like you know career like you reevaluate your career at that point and the really disheartening thing is that frank reich said i that he's confident it's not a season-ending injury which to me means there was a possibility that it would be a while yeah. like a, a long-term injury or there is worry that it could be a while so yeah so big bummer uh, we're gonna see Pittman, campbell and uh probably zach pascal honestly get more work too I honestly don't know who is ahead on the depth chart between Pascal and Paris. Like, you like my my thought would be Paris Campbell, but like Zach Pascal's played well and has been available more. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I would assume those are the three out there on most mm-hmm. plays. Paris Campbell takes more of the Ty sort of stuff, at, at least in terms of just he's really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Pascal was on like the COVID list, but he's asymptomatic and is negative, but he yeah. was just like close contact. Yeah. I guess it depends like how much they go like to tight end set and like who will be always out there. Cause like Pittman's probably a guy who's going to always be out there. Mm-hmm. So, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to him a little bit more in our, in our bold prediction segment. Um, we also had, uh, apparently like Lance quote unquote, like chipped his finger during the preseason game, which I guess is just like, I don't know if like the like end of his finger got like the bone chipped or something. I don't know. So he's out for like a week. They're saying questionable freak one. So kind of puts a damper on him starting right away if he was gonna, but a small chip in his finger. Yeah. Okay. Not a, not a microchip. I don't think. Right. How'd this get in here? Hit it against someone's helmet or something. Yeah, I think so. That's what it was like at the end of a play. Hopefully he should be okay. Yeah. Suffered a small chip on his finger after jamming jamming it on an opponent's helmet Sunday. Uh, Shani suggested the injury is worse than a jam. <laughs> and oh. Lance won't be taking any snaps for now. And I'm going to let him heal for a week. And he'll hopefully be able to return to practice uh, Monday. So, uh, bummer if he was going to maybe start as he kind of has been pushing more and more to <laughs> I don't think job. he was I think this is a nice little hey you know what we're gonna take our time make sure he's healthy we'll start yeah. off with Garoppolo we'll mm-hmm. you know yeah that def- definitely helps uh, Garoppolo's case out a bit and then we saw um <laughs> Chris Herndon today <laughs> get traded to the Vikings so I think the Vikings sent a fourth and got a sixth pack oh wow they got which a f- is, they sent a fourth yeah which is wild that Chris Herndon garnered more than Gardner Minshew did. That doesn't make and, any sense. I don't know why the Jags Joe traded Schobert. Him. Yeah. I don't know why the Jags traded Minshew for a sixth. I feel like they could have gotten more or kept him or like waited till the team had an injury. But anyway, they've shown incompetence. So. <laughs> yes, yeah. they have. So I guess Herndon might come to life. That would be kind of cool to see. Because it was pretty much just Conklin, which the team, the team has made it adamant they like Conklin. That's like not a secret around them, but like. They like to do two tight end, and when your mm. only receivers are, you know, J. Jeff and Thielen, and you've got, like, Chad Beebe behind them, then, yeah, I would want to run two tight end as well. Yeah. So, like, Herndon will see the field a little bit. Uh, I have no clue how viable he'll be for fantasy, but who everyone knows? who likes Chris Herndon gets to be happy. He has a chance here. Yeah. Wasn't a huge vote of confidence, though, that he did get traded after being drafted just, what, I guess now three years ago. Yeah. His his career has been so weird after like his rookie year and then how everything just went after that. I blame Sorta Gase. I do blame 
Gase as well. But we'll see. I always had hopes for him. He had a really good rookie year. A yeah. really good rookie year. Yeah. Also, you know, he has play mono too for drops and shit, but... Yes. Gase didn't help. <laughs> and then uh, one other new item I want to address, of course, we've got more in the Deshaun Watson saga. Oh, Lord so, Almighty. I'll let you go here. Yeah. <laughs> so a tidbit came out on like Saturday about the Dolphins being like the front runner. And then I think today or yesterday, something came out on the Dolphins owner being the one who like wants Deshaun Watson. <laughs> so like what? There's very much like a discord there between him and like the GM coach, everything because like basically like he like the owner is like, is going to like write like I think process all team. He's going to like overreach and he he's, kind of been one of those owners who's done that some as well like overreaching a little too much and when it's incompetent it really fucks up your team and contrary like like opposite of that like flores has pretty much said like hey like he pretty much came out today i believe and said like hey like two was our guy this is that's the team so there's i I know you've you've kind of mentioned a couple times like some bad juju around the dolphins that you've were kind of picking up and this is probably why (laughs) Yup, their front office makes some really stupid decisions, and this is a pretty clear example of that. Yeah. Because, you know, been watching this AFC East for a long time. You kind of just start to notice things about other teams. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> stupid to be like, oh, like, I want this to Sean Watson fellow. Like, that's that's such like a, like a dis-connected like, owner thing to do is like... Yeah, have you, like, watched the news at all, buddy? I know. So, uh reporter is a jeff darlington he was said he was told the dolphins coach brian flores addressed his team regarding the recent reports tying miami to deshaun watson um he's told his players and staff that Tua is our quarterback in a brief but poignant endorsement of the qb um yeah so the coach is like not at all in line with the reports about you know the owner wanting watson so again wow. teams with incompetent owners stay incompetent it's yeah Incompetent owner gonna incompetent. Yeah. Uh, that's just, that's sad. I really, really hope that they have presented so much internal backlash that it's just not gonna happen. Yeah, I would be really, really fucking stupid. And Tua does not deserve that. No, like love Tua. So like, I want him to get his shot this year. He's looked great in the preseason. And like, honestly, like if the Dolphins did make the trade, if it was just the owner reaching over everyone and saying, "Fuck it, let's do this." Yeah. Like, I'm curious, like, if Brian Flores would be like, what the fuck, I'm not here for this, and just, like, leave. I mean, he said, we only sign high-character guys. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty direct <laughs> shot at uh, the owner's meddlings right now. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, pretty rough. And uh, poor Tua, what, you're going to send that guy to Houston? Are you kidding me? That What has he done to you to <laughs> that's, deserve yeah, that? That's, that's, very, that's a very cruel fate. I would cry. I would cry for him. But... Alas, hoping it doesn't happen. Uh, so, we've got a couple pup moves. Uh, Bakhtiari, Tariq Cohen, Michael Thomas, and Stefan Gilmore are opening the season on the pup list. So, that puts them out. I think I think six weeks is what it is. Six so, weeks. Yeah. So, Bakhtiari is honestly, like, that was the one that, like, was not a certain one, but it's very impactful. Oh, yeah. Because, like, he's super fucking good, and so him, and then I think they don't have their same center from last year, too, right? Correct. They sent so, Corey Lindsley over to the Chargers. Yeah. So some O-line uh, 
pieces missing. We, I mean, we still have enough good pieces there to not be like bad or anything. But you know, we were thinking about you we were like salivating over. You know, oh, we've got you know this matchup against New Orleans Week One. Aaron Jones is going to go wild, but the line the line does take a hit from this. So, so they get him back for Washington. So that, I mean, that's useful. <laughs> that's needed, yeah. <laughs> that's very useful. Oh, man. Look, I think it looks like Josh Myers is their center at the moment. Yeah, he was a rookie. Or he is a rookie. Yeah. Drafted, yeah. It's a rook, that one. Yeah. And then uh, Tariq Cohen, I think, makes uh, Damian Williams potentially PPR viable. Uh, I'm not saying he will be, but if you're like me and you're in a PPR league and you went, you know, just two running backs, and that's pretty much your running backs, and one of them was Dobbins. You're scrambling right now. And uh, Damien Williams might be, you know, an option. That could save your hide. So Yeah, might, especially first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, speaking of hide, maybe Carlos Hyde would be too. But I, I would be much more intrigued by Damien Williams, who, like, has shown, okay, some pass-catching chops, some speed. Like, can, he, he could be beneficial to your lineup if you need him in a pinch. So... And then obviously we knew about Michael Thomas and then Stephon Gilmore. It just makes the Patriots D less scary when he's not there. Much less. That's that's a really big blow I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I, I did, that one was the one that caught me off guard too because the Dolphins week one, that's going to be huge because they don't have Fuller, but if the pass don't have Gilmore, that's, you know, kind of, you know, eye yep. for an eye there. Damn. Waddle hmm. week one, man. Waddle. Waddle, waddle. Waddle, waddle. waddle. Oh. I'm, I'm always going to just think of like a penguin with him. Wank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wank, wank. Knocking over bottles. Mm. Oh, Gunther. Yeah, so, and of course, uh, the, the big news that we have kind of glossed over until now, uh, Cam has been cut, and uh, Matt Jones will be the starter. Unbelievable. Yeah. I was I was surprised by the Cam cut. I didn't think he'd actually just get, like, fully fucking cut. <laughs> I, we talked about it. I did bring that up actually last week the uh, the possibility that maybe but i think i said traded yeah i think um, we, I don't think I think we said, assumed trade yeah yeah i didn't think he would just get cut um but yeah i definitely thought there was a possibility he might with mac playing really well and you know him potentially maybe wanting to be a starter yeah we some, were you know, yeah uh, we, we were on board with mac being the guy because you were texting me and it, you're like Mac needs to start right away. Like, yeah, yeah, he can he can just do the system like perfectly. Like uh-huh. he's he's great for it. Um, and he he has a good arm too. Um, yeah, I think it's funny. You and I really we were when we did our quarterback evaluations back in you know whatever <laughs> yeah. time earlier this year, we were really shocked when we did the evaluations because we both agreed that Mac was actually pretty good. Yeah, we're like he's good. Wait, like we thought we'd just get yeah. maybe carry. No, he's good. We were expecting to kind of shit on him, and that was not the case. And we, I think, at one point, he was like the number three quarterback on the list, right? Yeah, because I, my, I know mine was like I had Lawrence, Lance, and Mac at one point. Right, and I had uh, Lawrence, Wilson, Mac. <laughs> yeah, and we eventually kind of like resorted, but like, I don't like to do like a ton of victory last, but that's one where I think I'll say like, hey, like, we 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 were on not like not on the Mac Jones train, but like. We said, hey, this guy's good. Now, he's yeah. not, he's not, you know, Trey Lance or, like, he's not, you know, Lawrence. He's not, like, a dual threat guy. And I, I had my, you know, Chips Bogo analogy of, like, okay, 
Like, <laughs> right, exactly. Know, with the Niners, like, Lance is the two bags of chips, and, you know, Mac is saying, you know, I want a bag of chips, but I just want one bag of chips. That's all I want. Yeah. And, like, still good. Like It's still it's still a good bag of chips. Yeah, and, and Mac got unfairly shit on too much because he was being, like, comped to Lance and, like, oh, like, how could you take Mac over Lance, all that. Right. So... Because he's got good processing speed, stands good in the pocket, has a good arm. I mean, shit. Yeah. <laughs> watching him, like, so, like, in the preseason, watching him navigate pressure, he's so good at those, like, little moves in the pocket. We talked about, like, Brady doing that, like, not to draw the parallel, but, like, he, he's the gold standard of it, in my opinion. That's why it always comes up. And so, like, like, like Lamar does it really well, too. Like, he, like he, he, he doesn't always, like, break, contain, and run. But, like, when Lamar moves around the pocket, it's very, like, subtle little movements he's just a lot you know faster at it than brady is but like uh right yeah he doesn't have to always be drastic you don't have to be like a speedster to navigate the pocket and yeah he does it very well as far as like avoiding pressure in the correct direction and everything and he, he threw some dimes <clears throat> he so. did i mean he was making some really nice in like in tight coverage 20 yard downfield throws and when i saw that i was very impressed yeah got gotta be excited for a journey when hunter henry <laughs> oh yeah oh baby mm-hmm. this season baby um but i guess with that like do we think cam cam's gonna go somewhere right yeah i assume bill cut him okay my i'm gonna assume bill cut him because like you know one financially two you can't can the chance to start somewhere i have no i have no clue if not getting vax is related at all to it but potentially mm-hmm. i don't know um but yeah maybe he would go to houston and start or like if the Bron- if the Broncos are doing well and Teddy gets hurt and they are like oh we want someone not named Drew Locke maybe they'll go get Cam <laughs> or like if if Fitz Magic turns into Fitz Tragic like we know mm-hmm. Rivera loves Cam like maybe they say maybe they go you know what we don't want Taylor Heineke we want Cam like I mean that's of- fair yeah there 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 are a few teams where like if they're competitive and their guy goes down Cam would be option A to reach out to. Yeah, I mean, what what I I was like, hey, the Bears, right? What the, the Bears should trade Dalton? They should go sign Cam. Tell Fields, we want you to develop and sit as they have already done. But instead of it, Dalton, it's with Cam. You put Cam in mm-hmm. at the starter. When you have to switch eventually to Fields, adjusting that offense is a lot less uh, time consuming. Yeah, <laughs> switching it's... from Cam to Andy Dalton. The same thing, yeah. And vice versa. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder if like the Ravens would be like, hey, like if if Lamar went down for a couple of games, that they'd go get Cam, or like roll with Huntley. Hmm. It's very intriguing. I mean, there's a lot of teams that could use him. He's still good. Yeah. And like, we're, we're a lot of teams like like use mobile quarterbacks more now. Like, yeah. If one of these teams, the mobile quarterback, is doing well, and then their guy gets hurt for a couple of games, like they would probably think a lot harder about yeah. You know, I think Cam can buy us a win or two that our current backup couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so um i'll also mention briefly as surprising as cam being cut was i was also equally surprised that they cut hoyer not much later because uh i kind of figured hoyer was you know the backup for mac and now it looks like it's stidham yeah which i thought stidham was hurt i don't know what's up with him now i guess he's fine but is he fine uh, but yeah. that's still like you know that's your veteran behind the... yeah they've had him there forever he's like He's he's at this point he's basically like McDaniel's nephew at this point. What like I think rarely. can happen is there's a good chance he doesn't get signed. The Patriots can or you know, not immediately. Yeah. 
or or does get signed but then gets waived throughout the season like the Patriots could potentially pick him back up at some point um but maybe make room for some waivers here mm-hmm. definitely an option yeah because like basically it's like if if he's on the uh roster week one or something he costs a certain amount for them right and then if not yeah so you know I could be uh we're gonna waive you but we're gonna bring you back kind of thing exactly but that then, happens uh, a lot yeah Next up on the uh, list of cuts, uh, John Brown, uh, I guess, asked to be released from the Raiders, and they granted his wish. So, yeah, he is uh, out of there apparently. That yeah, was very surprising. Uh huh. Maybe I don't know if he was just fed up with Gruden, or if he was, you know, thinking, okay, I won't get playing time here. Was a good play. Which I mean, like, which I get. If the latter is the case, I'm happy because, like, okay, that means Rugs and Edwards are promising at the moment. Yeah, it was just very... I, I just wasn't uh, expecting it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Trying to see if there's any information as to why. Um, maybe he felt like he was losing snaps to one of them? Maybe, yeah. Like I, I was trying to dig, but didn't find much right away. So, there are plenty of teams that could use him. You know, the Packers are the first one that comes to mind. That would be a great fit, I think. Mm-hmm. So... We'll see what happens there. Um, next up, we have a couple of guys. We had Trufant get cut from the Bears, and Carl Joseph also get cut from the Raiders. So, some bad secondaries getting worse. Yeah. Apparently, Trufant, like his dad, passed away, and he's just been home. So uh, That's a bummer. Yeah. Stinks. But, yeah. Wasn't going to be a good secondary already after they let uh, Fuller go. Yeah. For whatever reason. That one's and, still wild. Yeah. But... And then, yeah, Carl Joseph on Raiders cut. So that defense is going to be rough. Yeah. Yeah. going to be real rough. But so that, and that covers our news portion. So we can get into our uh, bold predictions. And uh, I'll go ahead and kick off with one that I think we both kind of agree on here. Um, I may have, st- I may have even just stolen this one right out from under without even realizing it. But uh, no, you're good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, we've got, uh, so I've got, I think you probably agree, uh, Pittman will be a top 24 uh, wide receiver this year. And Ooh. top 24 doesn't sound like a high threshold, but he's going around like wide receiver 45 currently. So I will say that counts as a bold prediction since I'm going like 20 spots over. Yeah, I was kind of amazed that he is being taken in like the 10th round of a lot of drafts. Yeah, some places he's even going later. Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like wide receiver, like wide receiver forty five fifty range. So like I basically like cutting that in half if I'm saying wide receiver twenty four. Um, you know, we'll have once in there who can actually like get the ball a little further than uh, Philip Rivers can. Mm-hmm. Ty won't be around. He'll have another year with the team again. All these rookies last year with the COVID year couldn't get as integrated. Um, like in his games he was playing, he played well. He did. He played pretty dang well. <laughs> And I think he got an upgrade at quarterback, and he's with the team another year. And quite frankly, when I think of Pittman, I think of him as kind of Wentz's Ertz. Um, yeah. Because we don't have Ertz anymore. To- uh, but, you know, high high amount of targets, definitely going to be like the guy for Wentz when things get shaky. And he's got great hands. He's a great route runner. Like, love it. Yeah, he... Just see how many starts he got. I think he got like eight starts or something. Played in thirteen games, but um, he had like a four-game stretch where he started like all four games in a row. Did pretty well. And like that that uh, Titans game got like a hundred yards. 
followed it up with 60 and a touchdown. Like he showed he showed his promise. Uh, like after he came back off of IR, which like he said, he was briefly on IR for a bit last year. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking at healthy Pittman, another year with the team system in the league, like, and then uh, in the playoff game against Buffalo, he had 10 targets for five, uh, five catches and 90 yards. So yeah, he the team wants to get him that. involved. He's talented. He pretty quietly hit 500 yards last year in 13 games and only eight starts. So right. He only had the one touchdown, which I think was kind of part of why he ran under the radar, but and good prospect, super early pick. Uh, he went before Jonathan Taylor too, right? I'm pretty sure. So, because they, Did he? Uh, yeah, they drafted him right after T. Higgins went, and then they got Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. So, yeah, high draft like this. They they want him to be involved in part of the team. He's good. Like his target competition is pretty minimal too. Like right. we mentioned, you know, Paris Campbell and Zach Pascal around, and like some of the tight ends, like. He's by far the most talented pass catcher they've got. They're going to use him. The path, the path to a ton of targets is there. He'll be, like like you mentioned, the Ertz kind of thing. Wentz will look to his giant target in the red zone. So, <laughs> so yeah, I definitely like him more in PPR as well, I guess. I, I still don't think he's a huge touchdown guy, but I do think he gets a lot more than last year. Yeah, because he had 500 yards and one touchdown. That's just kind of bad luck at a certain point. Right, yeah. But... If you got the playoffs, 590 yards and no touchdowns, so or win one touchdown, so yeah, he he's got a good path to it, and there's always someone who kind of comes up out of nowhere to do it, and I, I think Pittman has the best shot to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. I've been talking about him for a couple months now, where I'm just mm-hmm. like, you should be getting Pittman. I do have him in almost every league right now, <laughs> just waiting. Yep, I like his chances. So hit me, hit me with something bold, Mozzie. What you got? Uh, Dalvin Cook, man, I'm just super down on the Vikings. And when we do go through our sort of like predictions for the season, we'll go more into it. But I, I, I'm pretty uh, down on the Vikings. They've got a whole shit storm over there that I, mm-hmm. I am not a huge fan of. I have not drafted a single Vikings player in any league. I don't think this year, um, which is pretty rare because you know, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, lots of players. But as a whole, I just think the team is going to be in a rough place. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I don't think finishes as a top 10 running back. I I just, <laughs> I'm having this. That's bold. Like, And there are people taking him over McCaffrey, and I have to say I think that's a huge mistake. And I'm mm-hmm. not just saying that as the beneficiary of that happening to me in one situation. I'm saying that as I had this thought at two because I was expecting McCaffrey to go and I would take either Cook or Kamara, and I was 100% on board with not taking Cook because of how down I was on him. Um, Kirk Cousins, I'll just say part of it now. There are so many players on the team that are unvaccinated, and while that's not – I'm not going to talk about the political discussion of whether or not you should from a fantasy perspective, that's really bad because at any time – they can test positive, and they have to sit out for significantly longer than yeah. players that are vaccinated. That's just the NFL's rules right now. You know, no talk. You know, I'm not going to talk about. Yeah, you that, know, and then if they're in close contact, stuff, like the amount of time you have to miss is also longer too. I'm pretty sure if you're unvaccinated. Right, and that team already has a bunch of holes in it, and you're telling me that most of their star players on the team could potentially be out like all the time that really worries me. It might not be every week all the players are out, but 
it's going to be this week, oh, they don't have one of their linemen. This week, they don't have Kirk. Like, this week, they don't have one of their wide receivers. Like, it's... Yeah, it could even be him. Like, it could even be him. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, like, because you've got plenty of talented running backs up there. You've got McCaffrey, Kamara, Henry, Zeke, Jones, Barkley, Eckler, Chubb, JT, Gibson, Najee, Mixon, Clyde, even Montgomery, possibly, like Carson. Like, there's a lot of guys who could, like fight their way into the top 10 and if something goes wrong with cook and he's down for enough games like i say down as in like poor games because the team's missing guys or he's just not there like enough could go wrong that yeah like it's gonna be a tight pack in there anyway and if (laughs) there's not much there's not much room for error so of those guys i listed i know you do have one you're pretty high on and we'll have him finishing over dalvin cook who who you got for that oh chris carson being way under-evaluated right now. Well, both. He's being undervalued and under-evaluated. <laughs> so they got rid of Brian Schottenheimer, right? The Seahawks, mm-hmm. who was like the, oh, let's, I'm going to work with Russ and let him cook. And then they were like, no, we don't like that. We want to have a more balanced running game. Now their offensive coordinator is this guy by the name of Shane Waldron, who I had never heard of. And he, I'm like, if you look up a picture of him, you'll, I, I have some concerns Tip. About the about the Seahawks offense this year as a whole. But thankfully, Russ is Russ and DK is DK and Lockett is Lockett. So I'm not worried about them. But I, what I do think is that essentially this guy is going to implement more of the Pete Carroll kind of offense because that's what he wanted was to do more of stuff his way. Now, they did get Gabe Jackson to help on the line, um, which is nice. So I actually think that Carson is going to be used a pretty good amount this year. And... I feel like every year this guy is always like undervalued and he's always pretty solid. Uh, but I think it's a pretty good year for the guy. I do have him higher than Dalvin Cook. Yeah, he, he did me well last year because um, he's he's someone he plays so fucking hard every snap, dude. And like it's 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 wonderful to watch. But like he he puts himself out there to like right. to take a lot of hits. And so like I'm not gonna say more prone like but like. The chances of something getting hurt everyone you're going that hard every time or higher. So, like, there's a lot of times, like, he'll miss a game or two. But, um, so, I'm looking back through Shane Waldron. and he was, like, with the Rams. He was, like, their passing game coordinator since the last few years. And so, I'm, like, I like that makes me wonder, like, okay, like, he's young. Is he going to be Carroll Puppet? Or is he actually going to, like, help with the passing game? Like, I have no clue if they will pass more. If they do pass more and they're more efficient and, like, run more plays, that helps Carson because the offense is better and, and more touchdowns. And, like, he'll catch some passes and stuff. And like, or if they run more, he gets the ball more. I think like either way you look at it, it's it's a boost for him. Yeah, the thing with Waldron is he's a complete unknown. He really doesn't have much of a resume. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in the NFL as a coach for like th- four years or something. Yeah. So okay, this is weird. So back in oh eight oh nine, he was briefly with the Pats, and then he went back uh, into college, and then actually, so he went to UFL, and then to high school. Then to yes. Massachusetts. <laughs> Very, so yeah, he started like at Notre Dame as a grad assistant, went to the Pats, UFL, high school, Massachusetts in college, Washington, then Rams. It was like, it's a very weird path for him. He started in the NFL then at 2016 um, with the Washington football team. <laughs> and that was when, I want to see what this team did that year. That was when they had... It was offensive quality control for Washington in 2016. Uh, they had Kirk Cousins. That was actually no. That was Kirk's good year with Washington. That was with uh, 
they went eight, oh. seven, and one. Oh, McVay was the OC that year, <laughs> and Jay yes. Green was her coach. That's funny. And so what? Then I he followed. Uh, he followed nice. McVay to the Rams with yeah. Yeah, I, I and forgot. He, was, he became the, the tight end coach. Yeah, yeah. I always forget that the McVay tree is part of the. Is it part of the Shanty tree or no? I guess no, it's not. Is it? Is it? Wait, oh yeah, he, yeah. He was. It technically is because uh, he was there like during Shanty's tenure, but he didn't become OC until uh, Shanty left. Because Kyle Shanty was the OC while uh, he was there, but McVeigh was like also still with the team at that mm. point. So yeah. So hey, maybe we'll see a big Gerald Everett year. Dang. Okay, dude. Listen to this 2013 Washington uh, football team. So they have. Shanny is coach. They've got Lil Shanny as OC. <laughs> Lil um, Shanny. Yeah, they've got Sean McVay as tight ends coach. Raheem Morris as their secondary coach. Matt LaFleur as the quarterback coach. Like, they had a pretty good squad. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> like it's a pretty solid squad. Was that the year Washington had RG3 and they made the playoffs and lost to the Seahawks? Or was that the year after? Um, b- uh, Both years they had okay. that crew. Yeah. Wow. It's a very interesting thing. So, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and say that Gerald Everett's going to be a, <laughs> <laughs> a guy in fantasy for for Mr. L- uh, Russ. Yeah, I mean, they don't have much in the, in the way of receivers there after the main two guys. So, I know Gerald Everett's kind of been like a sort of popular, like, like popular late-round tight end option. Yeah, there you go. But speaking of tight ends, I've got one I want to talk about. Um, Kyle Pitts, all the rage. He got that one preseason play, you know, got everyone kind of erect again about it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say Kyle Pitts will break the rookie tight end yardage record set back by set by Mike Dicka way back when. Um, it's like 1,076 yards or something. Obviously, Kyle Pitts will have more games to do so, um, but I think he'll do it. He's going to have 17 games as the number two option in a Falcons offense that will, I assume, continue to be pass-happy, as they always have been uh, through multiple offensive coordinators. I don't think... Uh, I know Arthur Smith was with a run-heavy team last year, but I don't think he's going to try to turn them into a Mike Davis-centered team. Um, he knows how to use tight ends like in a lot of different ways, as we saw with Tennessee. I imagine we're going to see a lot of two tight end sets of Hurst and Pitts, and uh, probably a lot of a lot of good... Uh, a good Good design plays for Pitts. Uh, get him some like screens, like they did uh, in that preseason game the other night um, down the middle. Like any way you can get Pitts the ball, you do it because he's now instantly your second best weapon on offense. And the so okay, I get he's a tight end, tight end. You know they're gonna have him block some. They're gonna have him pass. Like you, he's gonna do all the tight end things. I get tight ends tough, but like we've never we've never seen someone like him before. Like his profile, his skill his draft capital, everything, like, it's just not existed before. And yeah. so I think, like, tying him to past rookie production is, like, I mean, I get, okay, we're saying, like, the odds are this, this, that, but this is, like, he's, this is not a situation we've had before. He's different than every other tight end prospect we've had, like, combining the, like, the profile, the production, the draft capital, and now the situation, like, it's all a perfect fucking storm, and I just want, like, it's going to be great, I'm going to let it be great, and so he will break the yardage record for Ricky tight end receiving. Um, I think the consensus right now is he's kind of in that second tier with Hawk, Mandrews, and uh, like him after those main three guys. But 
Like I, I'm, I'm assuming he'll be top five fantasy tight end for sure too. But there's, there's awesome. a lot of talent at tight end right now. Up that would top. be awesome. Um, do you think he'll get the uh, near the twelve touchdowns? That okay. So that's what <laughs> that's what I didn't want to call. Um, okay. So I think Ditka got like sixty receptions. So like he'll, I, I think he'll eclipse the reception mark probably. Um, the touchdown one is gonna be tough because like I don't know because like I think Mike. Like Matt Ryan's probably, I think he's been like right around the same number of touchdowns the last like five years, pretty much. Um, uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, very consistent. Um, let's see. Okay, over the last three years, he's averaged twenty nine passing touchdowns uh, each of the last three seasons. So that's a pretty good amount. I mean, so he would need thirteen to break it. That would leave uh, sixteen for uh ridley <laughs> right <laughs> or we have to go up so i didn't want to say i didn't want to guarantee 13 touchdowns cause that's a lot of fucking touchdowns it's kind of hard to predict and like the and matt ryan has not always been the most efficient red zone quarterback like it's kind of been one of his weaknesses <laughs> so i, I don't want to go on the touchdowns but the yardage i am pretty confident about so there we go i like it I, uh... I, I think calling a record being broken is is bold enough right I, I don't know if he'll break the touchdowns at thirteen, but I think he'll I think he'll get you know he'll he'll be up there. Yeah, I think I think double digits is in reach, but mm-hmm. that, that's a lot of touchdowns. Twelve twelve is a lot for yeah goodness. Like even Gronk had ten. So, but the the yardage I think has all the potential to be there, and he 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 could smash it too. Like he could go like twelve fifty and just smash it. Yeah, I would love to see a record being broken. You yeah. don't get to see it enough. I mean, yeah. I guess you can make one up for like half of the games, but yeah, you know, we're get we're gonna see one. a lot of records broken this year. I think just because of the extra game. <laughs> I mean, that is a good point. Um, uh-huh. There is one more game to play. Yeah. So, and also we have Houston this year, so maybe some single game records will get broken, uh, such as you know, we I think I think we might see someone break the rushing record against them for a single game. Um, they get. Henry twice, Jonathan Taylor twice, and Chubb once. Uh, the Texans oh. do. So there's, I'd, I would, I would put Jonathan Taylor the chick with the chance to do it for how much to give him the ball. So like, absolutely. But, but like Henry for sure. There's like, there's a few good chances in there, and then Chubb himself gets Cincinnati twice, Houston, and then the Raiders. And so if Henry isn't the one to do it against the Texans, I think Chubb, um, if we're talking about the record breaking, um, has a pretty solid chance to. Uh, be that guy so i'm gonna go very uh not biased with this one but uh make one for my guy nick chubb and say he will break the single game rushing record this season with one of his four great opportunities between two Bengals games a texans game and a raiders game that's a nice uh i i feel pretty good that he'll get two games of 200 yards but like, he, I think he has the chance to get a three hundred yarder. Yeah, and then uh, also talking about records being broken, you know, we got an extra game. That means kickers get extra points too. Uh, if you are in one of those leagues that have kickers, I'm telling you right now, you need to get Matt Brader. Oh yeah, um, I like this one. I like this for a couple reasons. A Matt Prater is fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, and really he good. can. I feel like he excels at kicking at fifty yards. <laughs> uh. He's on a team, the Cardinals, that is just so damn inconsistent. They are they have tons of big yardage potential, but they flame out on series like constantly. So if you're telling me 
that the Cardinals have an inconsistent but potentially potent offense. I think you're going to see Matt Prater going in there a lot for them to get the field goal after they get a 20-yard gain but then stall out or, you know, get it halfway down the field but then can't punch it in the end zone. Like, he, I think he's going to be out there a lot. If you're in one of those leagues with kickers, uh, easy, you know, Justin Tucker, amazing. Jason Sanders, amazing. Don't don't uh, don't forget about Matt Prater. Yeah, I like I like that one. Yeah, Cliff is also a pussy sometimes. So, <laughs> <laughs> and they lost games last year from having an incompetent, you know, not incompetent, but just a, a you know kicker missed in the worst time possible. Yeah. So having a reliable guy in Prater. Yeah, I, I like that call. And it's an offense that runs a lot of plays, so more chances for more kicks. Yep. Like he's gonna barely be able to rest. He's just gonna be out there kicking all day. When you that that twenty whatever season with Zwerlin getting twenty points yeah, a game, Legatron, yeah, Legatron. That's Matt Prater this year. Hmm. What's his nickname gonna be? Uh, it sounds like Greater Matt Greater. I don't know. Hit it sounds the like cheese or Prater. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> hit, hit we've the got a Prater. Fader Prater. <laughs> Sounds like prayer, Matt, yeah. Matt Prayer. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Say a prayer if you're against Prater. Eh, mm. Kind of a reach. Eh. We'll workshop this one. <laughs> we'll get back to you on that. Yeah. So I know I know we we talked about the rookie running backs a lot and how we felt about you know Najee and the UNC guys, but I've got the UNC guys on here. Um, how how are you feeling on them? Um, I went into the season liking Javante. Well, I started the season liking Michael Carter the best of any running back. As of right now, if I was in a league in drafting and I wanted to take a shot on a rookie running back, I'd probably take Javante, especially if I think I can only get one. I think Michael Carter might take a little bit longer to get acclimated. Um, he is a little bit smaller, too, whereas I think Javante might pretty much start day one. Um, maybe not the get, be, get the starting nod, but I think he's going to play. Get, yeah. yeah, I think he's going to play game one, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Javante is the guy you should be targeting. <laughs> yeah, they they basically bubble wrapped him the last preseason game and like let Melvin Gordon play. So yeah, I, I like that. I agree on Javante. So like, where where do you have him amongst running backs? Like that that kind of uh, so we, we can we can revisit that group we had earlier. I, do you have him finishing like top? I think we had top eighteen 20? to twenty, right? Yeah, that was kind of where we had. Uh, Gus. So you have him pretty much right next to Gus. Right, just maybe a little behind him. Yeah, what about James Robinson? So this is one I was mentioning earlier that I thought was a little tough, but I think I would take James Robinson still, but gotcha. he is right there. Yeah, I think that would put us right around 2021, 20, how we're ordering these guys, but there we right go. around 20. Like if you were going to take James Robinson and he got sniped one pick before you, boom, take Javante. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, I think I think he should be above Henderson. Where do you have with Josh Jacobs, or like Mike Davis? Um, we'll see. I like Javante more than both of those guys. Okay, but I'm also pretty low on Jacobs this year, just because of the, the Raiders. Yeah. yeah, he'll have a couple really good games with their favored, but yeah, for sure, it's it's tough to get to uh, behind him. So, any is there anyone else in the Broncos that you're uh, feeling as much as Javante? Well, I think the Broncos as a whole are just flying under the radar because, you know, they had the whole, uh, you know, we got Teddy and Locke, quarterback is your weakest position. But when you think about that statement that your weakest position is quarterback, you have to think, like, the rest of this team is pretty damn good. Yeah. And I think they're being undervalued as a whole. 
Um, and they're probably going to be pushing like the eight to, I have to say like eight to 10 wins this year. Um, I mean, I, this is the second year now with the offensive line coach, Mike Munchak. And I think their offensive line is improving and should be pretty decent this year. I like Javante Williams a lot. I like Teddy as a game manager who can throw it to yak guys. I mean, I know it's a different style of play than luck than just bombing it deep, but when you have Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, uh, you have Noah Fant and these guys, you don't have to throw the ball 50 yards downfield. You can throw it 10 and they're going to get you 50 because mm-hmm. those guys are insane with the yards after catch. So I actually think Teddy's probably a good stream option, especially certain points of the year when you've got bye weeks. He might be playing the, the, the Raiders. He might be playing the Chiefs, who I don't know how their defense is looking right now. But, you know, there's... There's some options there. I think Teddy's a good streaming potential because he might not throw it like super far downfield, but he's going to give it to guys that are going to score and get points off of that. Um, but I definitely have to mention Jerry Judy because mm. if there's any beneficiary of Teddy being in, it's immediately him. Yeah, um, I, it definitely hurts Sutton. Um, oh, for Sut- sure. Sutton lost a lot of capital to Judy when they announced uh, Teddy the starter over Locke. I think both him and Javante should finish around that top 20 mark uh, for their respective positions. Nice. I like it. I, yeah, Judy's going like wide receiver 25-ish range. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he he and Teddy have reportedly been riffing and since they've been riffing, they, their skill sets fit each other. It's a very nice uh, match. Yeah, I mean, and Teddy's competent at doing exactly what they're asking him to do. Yeah, like, and he, he's much more of <laughs> a fit for Shermer's offense than Locke is. Locke. I don't even know what to do with Locke. Yeah, I'm curious if like he was bad or like Shermer just hates him or what the deal is with <laughs> him. So TBD. TBD. But I want to talk about uh, I guess some more running backs and a team that is being, I don't want to say slept on, but I think they're getting shit on too much. Uh, the Lions. Oh, so, Lions. They've got DeAndre Swift. They've got a good O-line. They've got a coaching staff that is all about running the ball. And I, I've this is one I've mentioned before in a previous episode, but I'm going to bring it back up. Um, I'm going to say top five because I think that sounds about right. Um, I think they will have a top five scoring fantasy backfield in PPR. Now, I'm not saying like one guy. I'm not saying Swift is top five. I'm saying their backfield as a whole <laughs> will produce... At, in, in the top five spots of backfields producing fantasy points. So, like, they were talking about, like, Cleveland being, like, okay, whatever Chubb and Hunt combined for, that's their fantasy backfield. Like, mm-hmm. I'm saying Swift and Williams will combine to be a top five PPR fantasy backfield. And I think the PPR is important because they will get a lot of passes thrown their way whenever on the field because, yeah. like, after Hawkinson, it's, like, no one. Like, Swift might actually just be their second best pass catcher. Um, yeah. Uh, it's not on Detroit Tyrell. Tyrell's probably second best pass catcher, but Swift will be getting the ball thrown his way a lot. Jamal Williams, teams have used him as a pass catcher. He'll probably, you know, snipe some touchdowns. They're going to be both involved so much, like a ton. So <laughs> it volumes the name of the game when you're a uh, running back for fantasy and having a good online kind of helps. So I, uh, I like that. I mean, their schedule isn't terrible for that. Yeah, it's not like great. But it, they do have some rough games, but you know the Packers don't have a good run defense. Neither do you know the Falcons, or I would honestly say probably the Cardinals isn't uh, ideal. Um, yeah, they're gonna have games where they literally just run the whole time. 
Bengals and Vikings both back-to-back. Yeah. I mean, those are some good weeks. Unfortunately, they get, you know, like San Fran and the Ravens and, you know, the, I don't know. I don't I don't know actually how I'd put the Bears. They do get the Broncos, who I think are good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's mostly a, like, volume-based thing. Even, I... Mm-hmm. I, I pardon you to revisit it, but like I know I'm gonna be bold. I, I gotta I gotta take my stance on Detroit feeding the running backs, and this is how I'm gonna do it. So there we go. I do think they will get fed. Yeah, I mean, even I, if, O-line is like good now. Yeah, Line's even if they O-line. don't finish top five at scoring, they're gonna be top five in running back opportunities, <laughs> like to the backfield at least. So right. I feel good about that part of it at least. Like it's a good between, run. Yeah, yeah, between targets and rushes, these running backs are gonna get so much work. It's definitely one that I would advise investing in. Yeah, like if you, if you're doing the like zero RB thing, like Jamal Williams, I think is a great target because if something happens where Swift scoring is not all good, um, or like in games that just go higher scoring, or he's just the guy, like he'll have value. So yeah, definitely be there in a pinch. So Detroit backfield will accrue a lot of points. I want to look and see. I wonder did um, what's his face? Did Craig Reynolds make the roster? Um, I have no clue. <laughs> we will, we can, we can uh, investigate that. I don't but, know um, if he did. That's sad. they've got uh they've got Jamar Jefferson as well. That's as true the too. Third guy. Backup, backup. Oh well, yeah. I don't, I don't know if Reynolds made it, but he had a fun little preseason, and it definitely previewed they're gonna run. <laughs> yeah, but uh, enough enough about rushing. We can talk more about passing again. So. We talked about some like records being broken, more chances for milestones this year with an extra game, and I think we're gonna see two teams um, hit uh, have thousand yard trios. Mm. Uh, I've already kind of teased the Bengals as one with uh, Chase Higgins and Boyd. Okay, and I think the Bucks are also gonna be one, and I hate it. I I mean we all know I hate Tom Brady. You hate Tom <laughs> Brady. Mm. But when you've got Evans and Godwin and Antonio Brown, yeah, like, and you have an extra game to do it, you've got everyone with another year there all together. Like AB is like, I mean, he kind of just came in last year, like, and got my target share. Like those guys are going to be hogging the targets, and you know, occasionally the Gronk targets and the Geo targets. But this this offense is going to be good. So when you have three receivers that are all really good. <laughs> They're all there for a thousand yards, so I'm gonna say the Bengals and Bucks will have thousand yard receiver trios. Wow. Which we've seen some duos, but I don't know if we've seen a trio. I feel like we have, but naming it right now is tough. Yeah, because <laughs> with the Bucks, like they don't have enough running game to make me like worry about it. The Bengals have Mixon, but they just have to pass so much. Because I thought about Dallas. I'm like, I can maybe say Gallup, but they have Zeke as well. Yeah. Um I also consider the Steelers in that, but I, mm. I kind of evaluated that a different way because I think Najee eats up a lot of receiving. Exactly, too. I'm like I'll count Najee as one and Deontay and Claypool. Yeah, because like, trio. yeah, because if yeah, if Najee weren't there, then like if they just had like whatever running back stable, then yeah, I'd say like all of these guys could also hit a thousand yards. But Bengals and Bucks, I feel most confident in getting that milestone. Bengals and yeah. Bucks, Bengals and. I mean, yeah, they should have fun offenses. It's just one team will have a better defense. Yeah, um, one team's just a lot better um, <laughs> all around, pretty much. Um, now, uh, t- t- the way I, the way I uh, brought the Steelers into this is, so I'm going to say I think I think Ben Roethlisberger suffered a lot last year 
coming off of the surgery. We see time after time after time, athletes get a surgery uh, after a major injury, come back, aren't quite the same. Then the following year, they really hit their stride again. Mm-hmm. And now I know Roethlisberger's getting older, but this is the Steelers we know and love. They've got a pass-catching running back. They've got three good receivers. Now, I know the O-line is the issue, but they can do a lot of quick passes to Juju, a lot of quick oh, yeah. passes to Najee. So I think we'll see Roethlisberger lead the NFL in a major passing category. I've left it vague because I think attempts and yards, probably not touchdowns, but I think attempts and or yards all uh, fall in there as two like good options. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, pretty I, correlated. I could see him leading the league in attempts for sure. Yeah, because I was looking back in literally in uh, 2018 because he got hurt 2019 last year. We know what last year, and then uh, 2018 he led the year in attempts and yardage. So I definitely think Najee is worth a first round pick while I'm at it because <laughs> one of the strengths um, right now for the Steelers is even though their line sucks, which it does, their line stinks, but I assume Chase Claypool is a good blocker, and I know Juju is. Yeah, Claypool is, yeah. I And so you're going to have a very different Steelers offense this year where you're going to see Juju blocking and Claypool blocking and Najee getting, you know, maybe some screens and stuff and more spread. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what they do. I, mm-hmm. I can honestly get behind your Roethlisberger leading the league in a particular passing category, whatever that one may be. I do yeah. think he is going to toss it a lot. And there will be a lot of yak to be had, but he will toss it that football a lot this year. Yeah. It's tough because like their defense is good and so like there are going to be there might be games where like they're not needing to pass as much, but there are going to be like there are definitely going to be a couple of games where he has to pass a ton and so I'm just going to go out and say, you know what? They're going to revolve their offense around passing even if it's a lot of short Najee passes. It's going to be there. So I think I think attempts honestly might be more likely than yards. So I'll go ahead and say Roethlisberger will lead the league in attempts. There we go. Yeah, and I and, I can get behind that. <laughs> yeah, cuz like you've got all those three receivers, pass catching running back. Like it, it makes sense to go back to that cuz again, 20 it literally just happened in 2018. So their run game is going to have to be very intermittent because getting run lanes is going to be really tough if the other team knows they're it's a run play immediately. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of have to throw it in and disguise it because I their run lanes are not going to be good. We're yeah. not going to be great. Yeah, not not I agree with like like what you said with Najee. He's a very safe pick too. Like yeah. he's going to get so many like opportunities to get the ball, especially any kind of you know reception format ppr half ppr yeah yeah because even if the Steelers don't run a ton every game he's the only running back that should be on the field ever (laughs) so yeah like they're not gonna put benny snell out there or anything so (laughs) no but so what what else do you have left on your uh bold prediction list here i think both of mine are quarterback related the first one i'm going to mention is sam darnold i think he's a top 15 fantasy quarterback he's not even being drafted in a bunch of leagues um, it's not really uh, because I think he is amazing or anything. It's more of the fact that the offense that he is a part of and I think will do well with is designed for him to accumulate a bunch of stats, especially yeah. uh, we saw, Terrace I think Marshall. Teddy, I think <laughs> Teddy was like QB 19 or something in points per game last year. Yep. And I, I think, right. yeah. <laughs> With McCaffrey back and adding Terrace Marshall, 
And I would say Darnold's got more upside than Teddy. He definitely does, because he can throw up pretty deep. He has a good mm-hmm. arm, uh, Darnold does. And you've got an ca- old connection with Robbie. You've got DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall. You've got Dan Arnold, who's apparently flying all over the field making mm-hmm. catches. Um, I think Darnold's you know Darnold. this is Matt Rule. This is air raid offense. He puts up big numbers. I, I, I Obviously, Darnold is Darnold and is going to make mistakes. But if you have a week where you're on a bye or someone's hurt, they get some nice matchups this year. Um, some really good matchups, actually. Let me see. Because that division kind of took a little nosedive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately. Bucks are tough. But I think I think the, the Falcons and the Saints will be able to be passed on. And thankfully, the Bucks are both in the playoffs at the end of the year. So there's if during the season, there's a good chance you're not going to run into that. But Jets, week one. Texans. Uh, Cowboys defense not amazing. Eagles secondary garbage. Vikings oh, secondary garbage. This Falcons. is a great. This is a great start with yeah. the schedule. No, I have them starting the lead. Like I have them starting four and two to give right. like a little preview. Now, how many games I have them winning after is you know uh, up in the air. But I have them starting four and two. Yeah, I want to say I have a similar sort of thing. Um, yeah, one two. Yeah, four and two. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same for, but like, yeah, they they have a very easy start, and it, so like, if you are in a like two quarterback league, or a super flex league, or anything like that, like, Darnold is a great second quarterback target for sure, because like he's like last on the list for most people. Imagine if right now you hear this and you pick him up, and the first five weeks he is a top five fantasy quarterback, and you get a trade offer for him, boom. Yeah, yeah. or especially especially if you're in a league with a wounded Jets fan. <laughs> and they and this and this wounded Jets won. fan sees uh, <laughs> sees Darnold balling out. Oh, they're gonna want a piece of that. So oh, absolutely. <laughs> There's usually one. Yeah, F- find your wounded Jets fan or the Darnold <laughs> believer that you beat to the punch, and <laughs> give it. Yeah, or eventually someone's gonna have a guy go down, and then yeah. But no, he's got there a great go. start. I, I I like that point as well. So Sammy Darnold, yeah, I'm on board. They're gonna pass a lot. Oh, yeah. And then while I'm on the quarterback thing, uh, Justin Fields, I can't wait for him to get in there because I think once he gets in, he is going to have an RG3-like uh, rookie year at quarterback. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you've got Allen Robinson. You've got David Montgomery. You have Cole Komet. Uh, you've got some pieces there that if you have just a quarterback that can do some things with their legs, get some points that way, and then – is also pretty damn accurate and good at football, like Fields is. Um, he's half the league. He's not even going drafted, even in those super late ones where you can draft rookies. I mean, I know you have to wait a bit, but he is definitely worth a stash, and especially in dynasty. Mm-hmm. I think he'll finish the season like that down stretch of when he starts. When he finishes, he'll be in like the top eight. Yeah, once he gets in, he'll be a very high like points per game quarterback because so week 12 and on so after they're by they have baltimore which sucks but then they get detroit arizona green green bay is a tough pass defense but then they get minnesota seattle giants minnesota so that they end the year with a nice schedule too nice little cush there when he is probably at that point the most in tune with the offense yeah yeah that, that post post buy in baltimore schedule isn't bad either for them yeah man you could draft a you could have Sam Darnold for the first six games and then go switch to Fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, yeah, 
that's, that's it. That's it isn't like two quarterback strategy. Like get get a guy early and then wait a bit, get Fields, who and wait a bit longer after Fields and get Darnold, and you have your you'll have your three guy platoon you can work with. Boom. I feel like we should also. It goes without saying, but these one quarterback leagues, please don't take a quarterback super early unless you really just have like so many good keepers. You might as well just grab one of the best quarterbacks in the league because there's so many good quarterbacks now, and they're. Half, some of them aren't even getting drafted. Like Tannehill in one league went undrafted in one of my leagues. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, like, can you imagine taking Lamar in the third and Tannehill goes undrafted? I'd feel like an idiot. Yeah. Like, if the quarter, like, if it gets to like round seven and a guy's there, like one of those top guys there, it makes a lot more sense because you're, like, you're in round seven. But like, it, I think, I think if you're like, you know, if you're completing a Tyreek Mahomes stack, that makes a little more sense to go grab Mahomes kind of early. But, yeah, like, as much as I love Lamar, like, if you want to say, hey, I'm going to wait and, you know, grab Trey Lance, grab Justin Fields, hope one of them starts, if not, wait a bit till they start. Zach Wilson. Yeah. Zach Wilson's going undrafted in almost every league, and he's the presumed starter for yeah. all the whole season. Yeah, he's been, like, the only rookie who has not had to split any snaps, <laughs> which is kind of funny. In and an Trevor offense Lawrence that should benefit him. him. Yeah. So yeah, yeah don't sleep on the rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, are I, I don't want to jinx it, but are they all going to be good? Like, <laughs> they might all be good. I don't want right to jinx it either, but right now they do all look good. Yeah, like, and they're there all might, in the there right might not be place a this year. Yeah, <laughs> that's part of it too. Yeah, like Lawrence is it like if anyone besides Lawrence went to the Jags, I'd be concerned. But it, since I don't, I don't, I don't think even they could ruin him. Do I think he'll be somewhere else on a second contract? Yes. But do I, think I don't Jags think they can ruin him, but I do think he can waste a year of his life with this current infrastructure that he's got and wait for the new regime to come in to finally, you know, get a real chance to be yeah. competitive. Yeah, I, I guarantee <laughs> he's going to want out of Jacksonville once his con. Like, they're going to be like, hey, want-? he's like, no, I don't want a fucking extension. Get out of here. Well, he's I'm either going to want an extension with a new, you know, thing, like a new, you know, I don't want to say coach and GM, but, you know. New regime, yeah. New regime, or yeah, get me on out of here. This is this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I think they all look good. They all look good. Yeah, I mean it's nice. I like I like seeing all the rookie quarterbacks be good. Me too. I hate when they don't work out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes with game time. Because I mean, like the (laughs) the classic couple years ago, like we're already down to like you know. It's it's a it's a nice surprise that Rosen has kept on as the Falcons backup and like right yeah it's a good and place then, for him to be behind yeah. that Ryan yeah yeah Darnold's on his second team Baker's working out fine Jalen has J- Jalen was looking rough until last year um we're t- like now he got paid Lamar obviously is doing well so yes yeah, it was an interesting class I, I guess so far only one has busted for sure so far yeah. I mean, it's a pretty good class, but you only have one bus. I think we were yeah. expecting a few, but yeah. And so I, I'm really, I'm really hoping this class is a, is a full hit because that would be wonderful. Oh, be really nice to see. Yeah, because like usually when we evaluate, like, like there's one guy we think like, oh, like this guy's getting too much hype, but we we didn't really have that this year. We're like, you know, we order these guys differently, but like we we thought they were all good, and so yeah, I would love if they were actually all good. I put Zach Wilson as like a 90 on my draft grades. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have that here. I had like Lawrence is like a 92. 
Wilson is like a 90, Mac Jones 87, Fields yeah, 83. Like these are pretty I mean, I think these are pretty spot on right now. Yeah, they're 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 loving him there too, it sounds like. So Oh yeah. I should even but. probably bump up Fields. <laughs> but before we close out, I've got one more uh prediction here for us. Uh-oh. And not very I I might have made this prediction lot like recently too, I don't know. But um I think that Keenan Allen will lead the league in receptions this year. Ooh. So obviously you have to pass Devontae and Diggs and Hopkins and a couple other guys, but he actually averaged um just over seven receptions per game last year. He only played in fourteen games, he missed two and didn't quite get to a thousand yards, but he still hit a uh the hundred uh reception mark in twenty eight games. And was uh, fourth on the list of receptions per game. So while his total was kind of down last year, the per game was up. So it was still, like, good. So I, th- I think uh, he's Herbert very... Herbert loves him. Yeah, Herbert loves him. Um, I think... So I'm pretty high on the Chargers this year. I think I think Herbert continues to ascend and be great. Um, everything I've seen from Brandon Staley has made me really confident in the Chargers. The way, like, he, like... Pretty much the way he talks every time, like I see a clip, it makes me excited. Like he talks about like wanting to be the best passing offense in the league. Like that's like those are words that came out of his mouth, which is not something you hear from every coach. Like he they they want to pass the ball a lot and do it well. So well, you know who the uh, OC is, right? Their OC. Oh, who is their OC? I forget. Joe Lombardi. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Lombardi. I was like, I know it's a guy I should remember, but I they, forget um, names. I, for, I forgot too, but I knew he was somewhere. Yeah, you have Joe Lombardi with Herbert. Their O-line is much better. Yeah, their line being really good. Like, adding uh, Slater, right, in the draft, that was a huge uh, add. Yep. So, yeah, getting the Saints QB coaches at OC. Like, they, yeah, they so, added a left tackle, and they dra- They uh, also added Corey Lindsley from the Packers, who was a good center. Yeah, like, that, that's that been, like, one of the Chargers' issues for a while has been their O-line. But now that they have, like, a good O-line, I'm just like, shit. Like, I, I'm very high on the Chargers. When we go through the records, um, they are one of the teams I'm farthest off from the Vegas total on. And it's mm-hmm. it's in the up direction, so. Yeah, and likewise. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling very good about them. And then Ke- Keenan Allen being the guy leading the way, so. As well he should. He is such an underrated receiver. Because, yeah. you know, what? everyone always talks about the best receiver. And they say, you know, the, the usual suspects who are all amazing. But most people just don't mention him, but he's really damn good. Yeah, I, I think for fan, like he's always like that in between tier in fantasy. Like I, and he fluctuates between being in it and not being in it. I mm. think this year he's back in it. Like he's probably gonna end up back in scoring range with Devontae Hopkins, Dix. He's gonna be in that like top tier. I'm assuming again. Oh, I'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, lot lot of a uh, lot of fun predictions. Some some more bold than others. Uh, a lot but, of positivity for the most part. Yeah, I, the 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 only negativity was the Vikings, which right. man, I don't like saying that. I like the Vikings are such an innocuous franchise. They're so innocent and uh, just like have good fans, and I like them, and I like seeing them do well as a whole because they seem very wholesome. And then it this is just this stinks. Now, yeah, Feel now bad they're for just them. like the anti anti vax Vikings. Yeah, uh, poor Zimmer. Zimmer's gonna blow up and get out of there. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, so I accidentally typed Mike Simmer, but right now he's simmering. He's simmering. He hasn't boiled over yet, but he's bubbling up. So. Oh yeah, he left that sauce on the pot too long, man. It's that yeah. tomato sauce is starting to bubble up. Yeah. So right now he's Mike Simmer, but I think at a certain point, you know, if if Kirk and Dalvin have to miss a game for COVID reasons, he's gonna he's gonna be Mike. He's gonna be Mike boiling up. So Mike boiling. 
Oof. Mike Boylan. That sounds like an actual name, Mike Boylan. That probably is a name. That sounds like a sounds like a governor or like Senator Mike Boylan approves this message. Yeah, or well, actually, a mayor. I would say a mayor. Sounds like a mayor. Let the mayor, Mike Boylan, do nothing to stop the vaccine disinformation spread threat. It sounds almost like one of those like Rick and Morty uh, interdimensional cables where like remember it's like Phil Jacobs or like Mike Jenkins fights a car like <laughs> it's a car. Of yeah. course he was. Senator Mike Boylan fights a jet. Fights a jet. Gets himself kicked out of the Vikings. <laughs> Just but, waiting for that day. Yeah, I I wouldn't like that, and then the Dolphins with like the Watson thing like. There are two. There are two coach situations where I could see them just getting fed the fuck up with their team this year and just piece it out, mm. which would be a baller move, I think. So, yeah, Zimmer but, deserves better. Oh man, so does Flores. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But thank you all for tuning in. We will be back uh, next time with our uh, record predictions. We got so we went through game by game on the schedule, Ooh, uh, broke it all down, and got our records and. We did so. We did that last year for the first time as well. Previously, we just kind of predicted it, but like last year, we did the game by game, and I think that really helped us like kind of parse through like how we felt about teams and make better like overall player predictions. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of influencing some of these bold predictions. So like my Tampa record and my Chargers record, and then like our Minnesota record, like kind of influenced a lot of these things. So oh, it's yeah. got us in different spots, and I I thought I'd be on a few teams. We'll do another pass, but yeah, we'll, our, our next episode will be our, um, like we can maybe on the schedule a bit, but mostly just kind of team record and overview prediction and all that. Right. It'll be fun. We can go game by game, not for all of them, but just team by team, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Break down how they do. Yeah. And you pick, Every yeah, single Like game. you said, you pick up those little things. Like, you know, they really don't have a good run game and they're playing a team that really their weak point is the run, so they don't really have a good way to attack them. Yeah, you know that I mean? and like you realize like, oh, this team has a fucking hard schedule. Like like New Orleans, I'm looking at, I'm like, damn, yeah. this is tough, man. Or like like you're looking at teams and you're like looking at like week one, like Carolina and the Jets, I'm like, Man, this is tough. There are a few spots I got stuck where I'm like like I was looking at like Philly and New Orleans, I'm like, I shouldn't be stuck on this, but I am. Like <laughs> Yeah, it's like so, a Monday night game. It's like Bills, Titans, and I'm like, ooh. Mm-hmm. There's, There's a lot of fun ones. Close. Yeah, <laughs> but that, that'll be our next one, and that'll probably get broken up into multiple, I'm going to assume, whether yeah. it's by division or by conference. We will see, but it would it'll, it would probably be a three-hour episode if we left it all together, <laughs> and we're not going to subject you to that. So, uh, <laughs> But thank you all for tuning in. Um, you can find us online at mozzieandthemuscle.com. On Twitter at Mozzie and Muscle and on TikTok at Mozzie and Muscle. Um, we, we we have still failed in the TikTok videos, but I think as the season gets here, I plan to post a lot of DFS related stuff on TikTok. There we go. Maybe point. that should be its main, uh, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Like you'll see I'll, my plan will be like you know my top stacks for the week or like favorite value guys for the week. Blah blah blah. Like, and I, I what I really want to do, even if it's not on TikTok, is like a on days we can like a quick Saturday, like DFS show or like stream or something. Even if it's just one or both of us going on and be like, Hey, here's my process for the week. Here's what I like. Absolutely. Because DFS is huge. I think more states are getting it now. So it's yeah. Finally starting to become more uh, mainstream. Mm-hmm. DC has it, but we don't have FanDuel yet. I'm waiting uh, on that. Waiting gotcha. on that. 
Do you have DraftKings though? I think so. Oh, interesting. Huh. Weird that you only have one. <laughs> FanDuel, yeah, we're getting there. It's just <laughs> been in progress. Everything got halted because of the, you know, past year. Yeah. But I'm ready for Ohio to get sports betting so I can bet on the Ravens uh, week one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. So thank you all for tuning in and keeping up with us. We will be back soon with our uh, team predictions.